AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Fighting Cup Podcast. Today I'm joined by Chris Miller, or you know him as Windy. Hi Flav, how's it going mate? Uh, I'm not, I'm fine, I'm I'm fine, I just, we're in a a slightly odd situation right now because the people who who have been listening to the Fighting Cup Podcast for the last eight years have have been listening to the four of us, or five of us, Uh, but today we're joined by, uh, do you want to 
the, what, the, give us the name of one of the f- very early episodes of the Fighting Cock. Well, I, I was saying to Colin earlier, uh, we had a a, a, a situation away, where we spoke about his voice. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've blown it there, yeah, haven't I? Blown it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Draw about Colin Murray. Yeah, could be Colin first. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, that's true. Or Colin Powell. <laughs> but the word you're looking for is wolves. Beautiful. And I still can't work out why everyone else says it wrong. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful, and and Stephen Warnock as well. Yeah, thanks for having we, me. We call him Wendy as well. <laughs> is that right? For different reasons. Can I just ask uh, how Chris got top billing? On this podcast, I mean, <laughs> he's here every week. What, why are you asking why, that? Why, why, Surely it's obvious. Why is Wendy above Stephen Warnock? Uh, I, mean, to... I mean, it's just, um, I mean, it's our podcast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good answer. <laughs> and he's made it above the other five who were meant to be here. Well, we did, we did set yeah. it out and we had, we had a, obviously a lot of people that wanted to get involved. And Chris said he's a bit of a fanboy of Colin Murray. Right. Well, there's a connection, isn't there? So I do fight and talk and you do fight and cock. Yeah. And uh, some would say that, that my show has got quite a few cocks on it as well. So there <laughs> oh, no, there's more than a fair share then. <laughs> um, if, uh, Colin, just to start with you and Stephen, we're going to talk a little bit about your career as well, because I've got... A, Won't take long. Well, uh, there's, there's something... There's something... Actually, let, let's do this now. So you played Liverpool, Bradford, Coventry, Blackburn, Villa, Bolton, Leeds, Derby, Wigan, Burton, and then you went back to Bradford. Yeah. What's wrong with London or the south of England? Hate southerners. Do you know what? Is it? Do yeah. you? Yeah. Have you never... You've obviously not looked at my Instagram. No. Years ago when I was at Blackburn, Harry Redknapp tried to sign me and he was going to sell Gareth Bale. <laughs> oh my and God. I was going to be the replacement. I vaguely remember <laughs> yeah. that. They got that right, didn't they? Wow. Made, like made sure they got that. Kept you, bail. You never. No, I don't mean to offend you. You do. But if I do, then it's just <laughs> collateral damage. You don't want to be the other side of that anecdote now. No, no. You're the wrong side of that anecdote, Very aren't true. you? Thank goodness we didn't sign. You hear <laughs> that part of it, not the good part. Yeah. Go, what happened then? How, how did that come about? Um, sobered up. No, no, I ended up going to Villa. Yeah. Um, I signed for Villa and I had um, a few discussions with Spurs um, and then nothing ever materialised from it. So Villa came in, made the offer and I went to Villa instead. What, so when you say discussions, you're saying, please, please sign me. <laughs> <laughs> please let me come to your club. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick, uh, of, I'm sick of being up north. We don't even have a proper rail service. <laughs> We're still bathing in the back garden. <laughs> Please let me join a Southern club, please. <laughs> Just because you're an adopted Southerner. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd, mean, have quite happily, I'd have quite happily come to London. It just never, ever... I never got past the Midlands. Mm. Um, and but Burton's the furthest south. Yeah. A lot, a lot of... I mean, I don't want to offend anybody. But they probably wouldn't listen anyway. Not... A lot of, sort of dodgy... Sort of... Wigan... Can't be great there, yeah, can it? What are you kidding? The Wigan Casino. I mean, that's one of the musical <laughs> heartlands. Bolton. Of yeah. Bolton. You've never been to Bolton. That's an amazing place to go in. But you've never been there. Coventry been... is literally the end of the earth. Yeah. It's where the soul goes to die. <laughs> I've got family. You don't know anyone in Coventry. I, I, I think in 2019, that's no longer an excuse for slagging <laughs> off a place. You know how people yeah. used to do that? Yeah. They say something offensive and go, don't get me wrong, I've got friends. Yeah, that yeah, it doesn't work. I, I actually don't know anyone from Coventry. I just, yeah. I just thought I'd add that caveat. There's a they still turn the lights off at twelve o'clock at night yeah. in Coventry. That's, do, you, do, that's you remember the, do you remember the enemy? <laughs> the <laughs> enemy. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh whoa, yeah, of course. Away yeah. from here. Yeah. They're from Coventry. They're a brilliant indie club. There, I used to go and DJ at. Um, they were like anything is. I always think it's by big and small. Mm. So the, when you go to smaller cities, if you like, um, 
that uh, aren't really a place that people from all over the world go to, yeah. then you you generally get your nights out are better. They're more passionate. They're more when you when you used to go and DJ there. It wasn't that they had a different DJ every week. Mm. You know, like in London, any night you can go out and see good bands. You go and see world class DJs, and therefore you take it for granted. So the, when I was at Radio One, the further north you went, the, the better the gig. Um, so you know you go. I'm, I'm literally right up. You, you get offered a, a night in Dundee at a university. You'd always take it because you knew you'd have the night of your life where the London ones were a bit more like, well... So, we, so that's we, why I went yeah. to Coventry. Yeah. So what, what, why are we sitting in a room with Colin Murray and Stephen Warnock? What, what's happening here? Well, we're doing a Champions League coverage. We do it for the zone in Canada. And we make a, a, a little, um, what would we call it? A vignette, a little series called On the Road which moves away slightly from the traditional who's going to win the game, what are the tactics, what's the team news. And we just try and kind of doss about, really, for a couple of days and try and get into more the cities and the culture and also a little bit of... um, the, the, the sort of the fan culture of it as well. So this is the first pod podcast we've been on. I think we try and give them the Canadian viewers who can't get across to the city an insight into that city and something different about it. We try and show them the culture. Uh, we went to Barcelona. We had a game of football against locals, which was like really mm. good fun, wasn't it? Well, that was amazing. That so game. there's an app in Barcelona, which is quite weird, that you, if you want a game of football, go on, look online, play with complete strangers, but turn up, there's 10 pitches yeah round Barcelona you just play footy all the time so we went and had a game and Colin was shocking <laughs> shocking and he came off and he was trying to convince himself that not he impressed. played well Colin is not impressed <laughs> well the video's there the proof's there how amazing it was so what, I don't care what position Colin like what all over the park <laughs> all over the park was that the problem yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the, the, the app is amazing I don't know why it doesn't exist uh, here it yeah. would be so good it was a bit like Tinder for football only you don't have sex yeah that's that's yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, that, if they added that, I've never, that was, I've that never was, looked that, at it in that way. But <laughs> yeah. to be that, fair, their, their left back was stunning. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought about it. And um, when they yeah. were, when the people turned up, where that they were playing against a professional footballer. Yeah, they were aware when they started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. got they they sort of told them. Um, oh, really? So we had quite a few Liverpool fans turn up, which is quite nice as well. Was that amazing uh, guy who came up and said, "Are you that that are you that guy?" They nearly swapped for Bale. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think uh, the point Stephen made there about um, Canadian fans not necessarily being as close to the actions so they'd like a bit of behind the scenes insight from the real fans as it were yeah. that's such an important one and I think the, we've done a few podcasts where we've recorded stuff post game like walking down the high street and they always go down really well with the audiences abroad because mm. it's kind of bringing them closer to the reality of going to a football match and I yeah. think fans love that now I think it's strange because I am the opposite to the Canadian soccer fans I'm a baseball fan, and my team's the Toronto Blue Jays. I used to live there. Uh, I lived there for nearly a year and uh, when I was 18. And I just consume everything, every little bit. I'll call it Americana, but obviously, for want of a lazy word, North Americana. But I, I consume it all every day I wake up. I go on and watch the highlights of the game. I buy more merchandise for the Blue Jays than I do for Northern Ireland or Liverpool. And uh, our, our, the Ireland rugby team. So we, I, I see it from the other side. You're absolutely buying right. I do want the culture. I do want the bars, and I do want to know when I go into when I go to the games. I want to immerse myself in all of it because every part of it's brilliant. You know, we go to our football games, and you're almost deaf to the culture of it because it's yours. Whereas when you go to a different, I, I love every part of it. I love the seventh and in stretch. I love turning up for batting practice. 
you consume every little bit of it. So it is very different. Little side note, the word soccer is not American. The word soccer is British. So everyone has snobbery about mm. the word soccer. Yeah. It was like... Uh, sorry, I'm just going to move my mic. It was like when um, they used to say rugger because they didn't want to say rugby football. Right. Same with that. So when football was just called association football, so people would use that phrase. Oh, there's association football happening this weekend. People were sick of saying association football. So it's the middle of association. And British people said soccer, like rugger, and then eventually just moved to football. And the Americans took the soccer bit, but it's actually a pure Englishism, not an Americanism. That's how dull I am. That's <laughs> interesting. Thanks for bringing Thank that you. to the party. <laughs> I feel like I should just walk Nearly out. Nearly fell asleep then. <laughs> Mic drop and walk out. Uh, yeah, another bombshell would be the fact that you're both Liverpool fans as well. Yeah. This is your first time we've ever had another... We're on it. Support. Well, it'd be, good, mean, be good to get some ratings for a change then. Well, I, yeah, well, I, did, I did look at it. Like, I spoke to your producer, Phil, and, and I was like, who do they support? And uh, obviously I presumed that you was Liverpool or Everton. I couldn't. I didn't know. Oof, don't say that. Well, I, you know, like Gerard's Everton, isn't he? So, yeah, I'm not him. Is he? Uh, not Ca- anymore. Ca- get Carragher on to talk yeah. about that. That's brilliant. See, he, he's the card-carrying grew up an Everton fan. Yeah. And he'll really? T- I can't do the accent, but he'll say, there was Everton then. And there's evidence now. Yeah. <laughs> he separated them into two different, like, every clubs. Yeah. That's how he works it out in his head. I love that evidence. I hate that evidence. Yeah. I, went, I don't know what accent. But you, you uh, Stephen, you actually diehard Liverpool fan from, from a child. It wasn't yeah, yeah. the fact that you played for the club and then you thought, oh, this is the best club I played for, so I'll support them for the rest. No, no. Genuinely... No, my, my family's split down the middle. Mum's a red, brother and uh, dad are blues. And uh, my dad used to try and take me to Everton games all the time. And I used to go and I'd support the away team when I went to Everton. Right. Um, my neighbour <clears throat> lived down the road. He just came along one day. Got a ticket. Do you want to come and stand on the cop? Went and stood on the cop and fell in love with it. Um, used to stand on there with a certain Evertonian player, uh, Leon Osman. Oh, really? So me and Leon used to stand on the cop together. So he, he's a Liverpool fan? He's not anymore. He's, <laughs> he's another one of them. Is he? Who's turned. Yeah. As so, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm oh, not yeah. asking you to... Yeah. I'm no, just saying, like, is that possible? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's a, he's a, an Evertonian now. Really? Um, but, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm one of them who's so, grown up... So what was it like turning out for you at your boyhood club? That must have been mental, like a complete head fuck. Yeah, it was. Um, because when I was younger, I used to... There's a point just outside where the bus pulls in, and I'd stand there as a kid uh, with me neighbour, John, and we'd stand there and we'd wave the bus in every week. And then suddenly... I was on that bus waving to him, going past, and it was just like, yeah. what the hell's happened here? And yeah. how's that transformed? But to run out uh, in front of the cop is just phenomenal. If it had only happened once, I'd have been happy. Um, but to, to run out in front of them numerous times and to be able to play for them, it is, it's one of them surreal moments in life. It's uh, an amazing stand, the cop. Just not as good as our end, is it? <laughs> not and, as good. Yeah. The, Are you the kidding the me? The cock tier. end. You've only, <laughs> the you've, only, you've only seen it like four times, and they're <laughs> no, comparing yeah. it to the cop. It's <laughs> incredible. Pretty good, though. It? it looks pretty special. It is, it is very better good. than the cop, isn't it? Yeah. It, it looks it, but does it sound that it's, it's better than the cop? It's better than the cop. 
It's not better, oh, but <laughs> they did steal that, didn't they? Oh, so the, slow, isn't it? The fun, on, you need a proper is, song, though, don't that's you? That's fine. Don't come on my, my podcast, mugging us off. No, <laughs> that's fine. no. Well, I, I, I would have more respect um, for you than Steve Warnock, uh, the, the Evertonian. But the, there was an interview with the, uh, one of the leading architects the other day, who's done stadium after stadium after stadium, and the point he made about the Spurs stadium, I think, I think it was him who made it. But anyway, I tuned in late, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you turn the radio on, you're halfway through an interview. But it was a great point he made, which is he's like, now the idea before was let's build a bull. Mm. A symmetrical bull was the ultimate thing. So think think of the Emirates. And that is no longer, they've realised it sucks the energy out mm. and you need something. And the, and the Spurs Stadium is a great example of that. Let's be honest, three sides of it, if you side, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they could be, for me, anywhere. Yeah. And I, I, I don't get wide when I look at it, but when I look at the 17,500 at, at the at the south end, which is going to end up being called the cock end, isn't it? Because of the, yeah, uh, it's it's just stunning and very American football-esque and that's not a criticism because you get the walls of noise. Mm. And the first game I went to, obviously, is the Man City game and the acoustics are as, they it sounds terrible to have to talk about acoustics with football. It should just be loud anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in this day and age, you have to. They 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 trap. They're trapped right on the centre circle. It is unbelievable noise. Mm. And I don't think the Spurs fans are singing more in here than they were at White Hart Lane. No. It just is unbelievable. It's like it all forces itself onto the pitch, and that is really really important. I'm, I was very very impressed. All I care about is the view, and is the atmosphere good. I don't care if you can see through a tunnel or get cheese or a microbrewery or is it comfortable for people. Or, or a pint that comes up through the a bottom pint of the glass. A pint that comes through the bottom of the glass. But the bit I was judging was, what's it going to be like when the game kicks off? And yeah. I thought it was exceptional. The really thing that did. makes it even better for us as fans as well is that you said there that the two most important things are the view and the atmosphere. Well, at Wembley, we had one of those. We had the view. There was no atmosphere at Wembley. And you had an issue as well where different songs would start up in different parts of yeah. the stadium because it's too big and it's not really Correct. a proper football stadium. Yeah. So just being back in a place where actually the songs are is one song yeah. and it's the whole stadium singing at the same time. It yeah. just sounds fantastic. It is so loud. And, it, and we're not singing anymore than we did at White Hart Lane. Yeah. And the atmosphere at White Hart Lane it has been, is an issue at certain times. I don't yeah. think any Premier League club suffers when they're it's playing. It's an issue at every, every Premier League Football's club, gone that way. Apart from it? some of the ones coming up. Yeah. Or some of the ones that have just gone down, mm. apart from that. Yeah, and that that tends yeah. only last season. I remember when Cardiff came up once in their first season, they were like so like incredibly loud. And yeah. then as the kind of Premier League grabs hold of these clubs, it, it kind of sucks some of the energy yeah. out of it somehow. There was a there was an interesting thing I heard about the philosophical difference between the approach to fans at the new Spurs Stadium and say maybe at other grounds, which were based around Right, they're the guys who've been coming for 40 years and we got to see how much money we can get for season tickets out end without pissing them off. And then we need to really cater to our rich tourism market. Whereas the approach going in there was, whilst trying to very much capitalise on the corporate market, was to offer a really high fan experience no matter how much you paid for your ticket. Yeah. So no matter what seat you're in in that ground, no matter what grade you're at, no one in the ground's getting treated like, well, you just come in that door with the concrete and you don't get any food. You don't get the choice of food and you don't get the choice of drink. So no matter where you come into that Spurs ground, it's quite an experience. You feel like you're at an, at the event. Everyone's together, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's totally, said, I, that's I, the aim anyway. I totally agree with that. The only thing is it's probably gone slightly too far the other way. And, and you mentioned fan experience and that's 
exactly how it feels now. It does feel quite modern football and quite corporate. And you know, you're getting you you you're encouraged to go into a stadium early. There's deals on um, beer and pies if you get there at a certain time. Um, and and Daniel Levy wants you to spend the whole day at the football stadium and, and buy beer there all yeah. day. Oh, like two hours before, it's rammed. Mm. The whole place is rammed. Uh, the, the, the pint of beer is four quid. That's probably yeah. the cheapest in, in London. Looking yeah. at you two, if to get you to go to the ground uh, all day, you just need null saints in there, wouldn't you? You two, <laughs> you two be happy, wouldn't you? Skinny mother. <laughs> hey, uh, do, you, do you think? <laughs> the proper, no, no, no seriously. How London are they? The way they're dressed. You know, they are the type of people. pretty similar. I think yeah. You know when they... John Smedley. Who? Is that a guy who is that a guy who works in pre-market? Is it? <laughs> you know, you know, John, big John, Joe's brother, John Smedley. He's a blue. Yeah. He's a red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> John Smedley. Uh, what? Why is that? A, a because, mad thing? Do you know why? Because he's proper council estate. Uh, so when when we went to uh, like I have to keep away from shopping malls when we're doing the on the road because right. he'll like he'll just want to go into anything that looks like a JD sports basically like and and, and any he, baseball cap? he's just looking for baseball caps and uh rucksacks and he gets dead excited <laughs> well, if he sees a michael yeah, jordan like, rucksack he must have bought about 10 bought, of them I so bought, far i bought two year. on the road already like, a, a michael jordan rucksack for 20 20 euros <laughs> i wish they were like, 20 euros happy day Stephen. glad you got that <laughs> yeah. no no uh <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, any part of you think that you'd be here sitting, not talking to us, but talking to us about Tottenham in the Champions League semi-final? Is that as mad to you as an outsider from Spurs as it is to us? I don't know, because when oh. we did it on the road, we, we did a show called uh, Box to Box at the, the start of the show. So in the group stages, we'd oh. sit down, we'd watch six to eight games on, and watch all the goals come in. And when, when they were in trouble in the group stages, and a lot of Spurs fans were saying, oh, it'd be better for us to go out. I was one of them who was like, you cannot go out this competition because it breeds success and breeds confidence within the thing. And they always thought they were capable of getting results. But when you were going up against Inter Milan and Barcelona to get through, yeah. I don't think anyone would have said you'd have gone through. No. But then to go up against Bayern Munich, who were the informed team in Europe at the time. Borussia Dortmund. Uh, sorry, yeah, Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Um, when, when they were one of the top teams at the time, you were looking at them thinking, that's yeah. a massive game, that's a tough game. Then... You draw City and you're thinking, you're gone again. Yeah, it's done. I mean, we were at, I didn't go to the game at, um, are you mm. calling it White Hart Lane? Or yeah, you, White Hart Lane. Yeah, so I didn't go to City? the game. We do, the club. Right, okay. it's, good, it's good to know because right, you, you okay. do actually have to sort of fans say, okay, right, you're a few games in. Yeah. Are you just calling it the Spurs Stadium? Just call it White Hart Lane? The, the club are desperate for us to yeah. call it the Tottenham Hotspur yeah. Stadium because they want to brand it. They want to brand it. They don't want everyone to call it White yeah, Hart Lane. Yeah, but yeah. That's like us, Northern Ireland, Windsor Park. Yeah. You're trying to get us to call it like the International Stadium at Windsor Park. Get fucked. An official statement has been released by the Fighting Cock. Get fucked. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah. So we got, we yeah, got City. We thought we were out. Got City. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the Aguero moment was massive, wasn't it? To miss the pen in the first game mm. was everything, and, and then to go on and get the result they got. But even when, even the first twenty minutes, when I was at the ground, I was thinking, Spurs are capable of scoring at any point in this game. City was so vulnerable at the back, but then. I look at Ajax now and I worry for Spurs. Right. I don't mind saying that. Because that's going so well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do because yeah. they're such a young, yeah. fearless team. But then so are Spurs in a yeah. way. 
So it makes for a great a great game. No, I am surprised you're in the semi-finals. Um, mm-hmm. When there was two games left in the in the group stage, and Stephen referenced it, which was that same interaction about what should we prioritise these league games in between, or should we? But you've never fluked your way through. Yeah. The performance at the new Camp was fantastic. Um, the first half an hour against Borussia Dortmund at Wembley, they, they were good. Um, Hugo Lloris made that double save about 39, 40 minutes in. I think for the, a few troubles he's had in the Premier League, he's been amazing in Europe. If you look at the first half of Borussia Dortmund, home and away, then you look at saving the penalty at White Hart Lane against Manchester City. He's had some huge moments to get here. And it's funny because back to 2005, you need those moments from your goalkeeper the whole yeah. way through. Liverpool have needed them in this campaign. Do you remember the last minute of the last group stage game? Liverpool go out if Alisson doesn't just, make that save. Yeah. There's a one that says you do need that. So yes, you're underdogs. And yes, I'm surprised you're in the semi-final. But in terms of why you're in the semi-final, there's no fluke there. And and you look at that game against Manchester City, the second leg. Ah, so we, they score and you're thinking, all right, that's where we're going. And then I'm looking at, I'm trying to work out what that manager of yours is doing. And he is just second to none when it comes to using the players that he has. That's what doesn't worry me. It, it's not ideal that Kane and Son are out. But if, if you, he's not a guy that just punches the wall in the dressing room and tells him to go and stick it up him and remember who they are. Yeah. He's tactically so astute in-game. And there was times when I was looking and going, City haven't worked out what Pochettino's doing here. for a, you know." So the great Guardiola at times was like five, ten minutes before he adapted to him in that second leg. And I think that's why I... I so I'm surprised... But I'm not surprised based on the performances. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. The rest is just hype and bullshit. Yeah. So, on performance, no. It would be some story. I know Liverpool on the other side of this draw, but some story to have one point from three games in the group stages. Yeah. Then to get out of the group knowing that we had to play the new, uh, the new camp. And then, as you say, to be an informed Dortmund and then get Man City because we all thought we were out. We All of us. We thought, oh, well, it's a good run. Why is that? Were you one of them well, who wanted to go out, though? No, no, no. I mean, yeah, but not, why? Not, why, why? Where's the pessimistic I met, I met a guy when you were 3-0 up going, and when it was in Dortmund, and he was like, oh, we're going to miss it up. You know, we better not concede in the first <laughs> Literally minute. Literally every Spurs like, fan was thinking well, what is it? Thing. I mean, I think it's quite healthy to a certain extent to have the half empty, but where's, no, where's, the, where's the... Right, we got through against Man City. We've got Ajax. Fuck yeah, let's go. So, you know, we, we don't have to play another derby. We haven't got Liverpool. Well, yeah. We don't have to play in our Premier League derby. We don't have to go to the new camp again where you need lightning to strike twice. That's This is we are Spurs. We've got a new stadium. We've got a great manager. Yeah. St. Totterdam's Day is a, is a much more rare thing now. Yeah. Um, you could win your first European Cup, something that Arsenal have not done. Where's the chest pump? Where's the like? Let's make well, this. Let's let's crowd. Let's get let's get twenty thousand people in the streets to line the streets yeah. so that Ajax bus takes an extra hour to get in. Do you I see know what you're what saying. I, mean? I, do, I do. It makes a lot of sense what you're saying, <laughs> but it's like it, you're a product of what you what, what what's created you, and you? you're yeah. you're you're a product of your experiences and the things that have happened. It's like. We've seen it. We've been close. You've been hurt before. We never. We've been hurt before. Yeah. But not just that. that you've yeah. been hurt before. Yeah, hurt like over you, and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. just ingrained now in our psyches to be pessimistic. And actually, I think it, like you said, it's quite healthy to be that way because then you can really enjoy the moments when they do come. And yeah. under Pochettino, well, the, 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 that, that VAR goal that, that was turned around. Yeah. Just, that that was a really odd, surreal moment for me. Not 
because we'd won, not because we deserved it. It was just, fuck, we've won. We've, I, I don't know, I can't, we've fucking won. Yeah. We're through to the semi-final. And it, none of that makes sense. None of that is real or um, tangible. Yeah. And if we do it again next year, it will be. But this is at first, like you were talking outside, Colin, about um, in Istanbul. Yeah. When you won it. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, your grandfathers and dads and stuff. Yeah, they had, had the first four. And a certain way, it was our first. We had heard those stories a million times. And they were great at the start. But it gets a stage where you're like, I want my story. I just don't want to see old guys in the sand and talk about Shankly and Paisley. Mm. I, I want our adult story that we can then say, if we don't win another European Cup for another 20 years or 30 years... We can tell younger people, I was there, lads. I, mm. I, we didn't have that. And that was a big thing. And that's what you're at now. So you're probably sick of hearing about the 61 double win inside. And you're probably sick of hearing about 81. And yeah. So it gives you your thing, right? If we have it, if we get it, it does. But the, the reality... Is, it, does the fear come <laughs> no, from the, like, re- the Premier no, League? Like when you ran Leicester so close? It's not, and... Yeah, uh, it's not fear. Fear is the wrong word. It's just... Chicken. And accept, sorry? Chicken. We're chicken. chicken to win. That's what you are. Maybe. I, I, I just, it's just the, the it, it's like a um, comfort blanket, isn't it? Like mm. nothing can hurt too much if you expect the worst. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But it's you are. A, a psychiatrist would say that's extremely damaging. <laughs> well, I, I yeah, don't If this was a psychiatrist that. podcast, they'd literally be saying you need therapy. <laughs> well, it's Your life, you're going to die miserable. That's what they say. Spurs. That's what 30 years of Spurs does to you. <laughs> isn't it? It's like abuse. But you keep going back because you love them, even mm. though they keep abusing you. But the, uh, it's, I, I understand the positive realisation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and how important that is and that's what's different between Liverpool and almost any other club is because you've got like an unbridled confidence and and, uh, expectation um, optimistic attitude Mm. we we have that in Europe but not in the Premier League but uh, it comes from Shankly though it does come from Shankly it's it's, it's the kind of his that's why you might look at it from the outside and look at what trophies Paisley won and then of course Fagan you move on to what he won and and you go well why Shankly and you kind of get okay he built the club to where they needed to be but it's actually his philosophy so like the things that stick with me growing up is don't support your team only when they win if you don't want to support us when we lose don't support us when we win and that philosophy's there I remember that do you remember that year where if we lost United could win the league yeah and I remember like if you brought up well we want to lose it. we want to lose because we don't want them to win their, would it have been their 18th or 19th 19th mm. I think mm. You would have been thrown out of the pub. Really? Don't care what they're doing. Don't care what they're doing. All that matters is what we're doing, win or lose. Never ever want your team to lose a game so that your rivals who cares if they win nineteen, twenty, twenty one? It's us. Win or lose. That that is so it's not arrogance. It's just it's your team. Yeah. Win or lose, it's your team. Get behind No, I get them. it. hundred percent. Just for the record, I'd happily lose to prevent Arsenal from winning the league. Yeah. That that's where I'm yeah. at. And Again, you would. I, I would, yeah. No, I don't think I, hate, I, 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 think, hate I think you acknowledge them as a greater force mm. if you do that. Yeah, you, well, I hate got, them as much as I love Tottenham. Really? It's bad, isn't it? Yeah. I'm that's... not saying it's healthy. I'm, ha- I'm not happy with no. that. But I, I no. literally, my weekend. You look was, angry. Well, my weekend was. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I, just, I was just remembering uh, Leicester's third goal at the weekend. And uh, my weekend went from horrendous to losing to West Ham to Arsenal getting beat. And there's mm. parity again. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> It's bad, isn't it? Because it's like double jeopardy That's as well. You've got, two, you've, got, you've got two chances of 
glory or two chances of failure each weekend. Do any of you bet against your team to ease the pain if you lose? No, I, I don't. Good. Well, so you have do. a line then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Oh, it's all right. Well, I made a couple of quid because Charlton won two now. What are you doing? Yeah. No, I understand. That's it's not that ain't that ain't right yeah. at all. What 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 also isn't right, but seems to be acceptable, is that there is a general consensus that no one wants the Liverpool to win the league. What, mm. What's that about? I don't Do you, get that. You don't get it. That's, if any, yeah, if Spurs were if Spurs or Man City, I'd want Spurs to win the league. It was Arsenal, Man City, I'd want Arsenal to win the league simply because. We are in a period now of dominance. You, you're going to need... Liverpool are likely at the moment, as we sit here, to lose the league on 97 points. How many it's leagues are Man City going to win between now and 2025? Mm. Probably a hell of a lot. So I don't care who it is, just for the sake of not having the same outcome every year, it's healthy for another team to win it. So I, I don't quite get that. I think it's a fear from United fans. That, yeah. Liverpool, that Liverpool will catch them, overtake them. It is. What, it's well, a fear that the dominance will come back from Liverpool and that they'll become a force again, a powerhouse in Europe. United have won the league 20, 20 times, is that yeah. right? And Liverpool done it 18. Yeah. So yeah, they're Liv- definitely fear. That, Which- that's the fear, and it is. Um, we had it in, this, uh, in Barcelona the other week where we, <laughs> we went to interview a guy and he, he looked at me and he went, do you play for Wigan? So I was like, <laughs> yeah, why? And he went, you played at Old Trafford and you went to me five and I went because he was abusing me so I just shut him up and give him the five so uh, he was like dead angry at me and anyway he sat down They did, Colin did the interview with these lads and as he was walking off he went like, go on fuck off you scouse cup, like scouse bastard that's fine then if you, so, you know if like, you've dropped the C-bomb already you yeah. can't take it back yeah, okay. yeah. so as I walked off I just went <laughs> and he was so angry he came after me and it is it's that fear of yeah. of Liverpool being dominant and taking over from United and knock us, knocking them as Fergie said off the pedestal did you did you ever play United when you played for Liverpool yeah, yeah. yeah so what did you were the players more up for that game is that motivational thing real or is it yeah 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 it, it's a natural thing that you you can't get beat by them um or you I mean I, I it was different for me because I was a Liverpool fan growing up, so I knew how important it was. I'm getting text messages all week. Uh, where I live, there's like my brother-in-law's a, a Mank as well. Yeah. Um, he's a Man United fan, so I know a lot of Man United fans around the area. You can't lose that game. And and, and how does that manifest on the pitch for professionally? So you're like, if there's a fifty-fifty, I'm going through that bastard. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you're winning the tackle because as soon as you do that, it sets the crowd, and there comes a the the crowd just ramp up. 20-30% as well just just on that did you see did you see Harry Kane's injury against Man City yeah. where he went for a 50-50 on with the touchline with Delph yeah. yeah it was his fault 100% his fault yeah but he, he what, tried to leave a bit on Delph and he got caught so what what, what what was that about because from our perspective we were talking about it on the pod weren't we that we loved that because he was ready ready to win every single uh, every single ball you know he was willing to fight for a ball that weren't going to get us any tactical advantage but he's obviously done his ankle in. What, 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 is, it, is that a, a normal thing? for a, Are the players expected to win those balls or is it sometimes you've got to use a bit of tact and think actually there's no point in going full-blooded into that tackle? No, I think there's a fear of getting injured if you don't go into it full-blooded. It's, it's very common that if you go into a tackle half-hearted, you're coming out injured. So yeah. you're going to come out on the wrong end of it. Um, if you do what Harry's done and gone... Let, well, not, he's not tried to do him as such but he's tried to leave a bit on him then you f- you run the risk of it again <clears throat> I think he was very unfortunate because it's right on the cusp of 
normal pitch, normal grass and artificial, and he's he's almost mm. caught himself a yeah. tiny bit in it. Um, I think it was but, weird. It was his England teammate. I know that was really strange, wasn't it? And the yeah, reaction yeah, after but, it as yeah, well was also, not did not look like a reaction of two guys who but, met up and comes together yeah. and had some form of mutual connection. No, I, I don't think there's anything in that. I think there's a difference when uh, when players go away for England. You now. cross the line. Uh, yeah, you just yeah. get on with it, and yeah. you, you're not looking who you're tackling, thinking, "Oh, he's one of my teammates," and yeah. hold off. If you do that, then you run the risk of getting injured there, again. There was, there was no benefit to that tackle. But it, again, only it could, it, it could have been a, a crowd lifter. Well, that's I it. need this yeah. to, it's exactly to lift the crowd again. But also your teammates. It's setting an example for the rest of the team as well, isn't it? If, yeah. if, if Carrie Kane's willing to run the extra mile and make that extra tackle that puts his own body at risk, it might yeah. motivate his teammates a little bit more. But I, I think they make that tackle where he made it, coming back from injury when he knows what parts of him are suspect the injury wasn't the cleverest mm. yeah, in the I world t- totally to give agree. the crowd a tiny yeah. bit of a lift. Um, did, did Who's the biggest dickhead you played with? <laughs> um, you, was there any that you walked in changing and went, oh, fuck, not that guy? Do you know what? Not not to that, that degree. There was characters where you walked in and you were thinking, like, what are you going to get off him today? Like, <laughs> El Adjuf was the one where you're just thinking... There's just going to be a side to Jufi today that's going to cause murder. Really? I've had many a bust up with him, um, like where he'd kiss his teeth at people and things like that. And I was like, you can't do that. It's disrespectful. Yeah. Like, I don't care who you are and what you've done in the game. You cannot kiss your teeth at people and things like that. Um, Is this uh, teammates and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. But like, you're just when we're players. in the local Tesco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. just walking around old women. Yeah, but like when you're in the box and like a youngster wouldn't go in because and he'd bully them to go in the middle because he'd mis- misplaced a pass and he'd bring up a oh, I played in the World Cup and yeah, he'd yeah. like get in the middle, you knobhead. Um, right. So he just needed putting into line. I can't by imagine yeah, that, that that mindset fits very well in in Liverpool generally, but also within the football club. No, but, I mean, well, I played with them at Leeds as well. So I played with him at Liverpool <laughs> and I went to Leeds and I was like, and he, he went to Blackburn for a bit as well. When oh I was at Blackburn, God. I was just leaving. And he was like, just leave me alone. Will you? Go somewhere else. Uh, but he's a character as well. Like mm. sometimes you do need them characters in the game as well and in the change room, but there's got to be a level where so, you just think, cut it off now. Yeah. Somewhere El Hajjouf is making a podcast right now. <laughs> being asked the same question and answering Stephen Warnock. Yeah. He was so straight-laced. Do you know who he went to see yesterday? Aussie Ardiles. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. And um, he has to be the least... Uh, he has to be the one Spurs player that Ajax fans want to see least. Yeah. You want him in the ground. You want him on the touchline. Because obviously the only ever time you played Ajax, you beat him six one, I think, over the two legs in the cup winners' cup, and he scored one, one at the last goal. That's right. Um, played both those games, but the seventy eight, the greatest team never to win the World Cup, full of Ajax players. Mm-hmm. He was in the Argentine uh, Argentinian side that beat them. The Kempes in the tip ticker tip, and he, when they won three one, and that was really the last proper chance that team had to win the World Cup after seventy four and seventy eight. Mm-hmm. So he has had the sign over Ajax start to finish and I'm sorry I look for little things like that do yeah. you know what I mean I do yeah. and, and when you went to interview him it was that he was straight on it when that oh, was the first thing he first wanted thing to talk about I just mentioned to him about uh, beating Ajax and he said yeah but we also beat Holland in the World Cup we had all the Ajax <laughs> it's like oh right okay yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's straight on it and then also beating Man City in the cup final as well saying obviously beat Man City on the way um, Aussie's the key to this whole thing yeah. he's, the, he's the man Aussie's dream yeah. 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 yeah but what a guy as well so polite so so well spoken 
because uh, I thought when I was going in there, how's his English going to be? Because I've heard a couple of things with him. It's almost like he spoke two languages. Yeah. He'd be in the house and it'd be all quite muffled talking to you. As soon as the camera went on, bang, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. What a guy. Do you, you know where uh, the film escaped the victory? Have you seen it? Yep. Right, the Pele overhead kick and Aussies in it. Obviously, loads of switch players and some walk. And yeah, there's there's a good story behind that actually. But the Spurs thing is, so there was a, a screening of Escape to Victory in Islington, and I went along to it, and it was uh, for the Bobby Moore Fund, and uh, so that was like brilliant. Tom Watt, the, the actually Tom Watt is lofty from EastEnders, believe it or not, a very funny guy, very creative guy. But the sports film festival on, and we went along to watch Escape to Victory, and various people were there. And then Ozzy Ardiles turns out to be the surprise guest of honour. So I've watched Escape to Victory with Ozzy Ardiles, <laughs> like literally sitting beside us. And the best thing was in the game at the end, he makes a tackle. I think it's quite a fair tackle, but he gives a, the referee's bent, he gives a free kick. And the entire place in the cinema was all like this to Aussie. Stand your feet! Stand your feet! Andy Gray, Andy Gray was standing up going, Aussie! And then he scored. He scores, obviously, and escaped the victory. And the whole cinema's chanting his name. That's amazing. One of my greatest experiences of my life. And he milked it. He was on his feet, giving the old pineapple handshake and all. Like, Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, it was so good. What I love Aussie Ardenas. Uh, football love as well. That's, that's the great thing about a sport, isn't it? it kind of yeah. it creates these moments even when it's you watch it how old is that film massive Lot 70s it was made wasn't it yeah late 70s early 80s I think was it yeah yeah 78 sounds like a good shine John Walk the, it, it, should he have been in that film because it didn't strike me as a fashionable football well player, he's got an even better story <laughs> about this so, so Bobby Robson's managing Ipswich and he knows a casting director a big Hollywood agent type guy and he says you know we're making this film we got Pele we got Ozzy Ardiles and we need a whole load of players and he went, would your boys play? Just offer them a free holiday. And Sir Bobby Robson, absolute legend, absolute great, was quite interested in the wee angle if he could make a couple of quid himself. Yeah. So that was the motivation for Bobby. So he went into the dressing room just and went, who hasn't booked their holiday? And the only reason I know this is because Alan Brazil, because he was in that Ipswich side and didn't appear in the film and I asked him why so a bit obsessed with Escape to Victory anyway and he said basically the people that put their hands up in that dressing room ended up being in the film but it was sold to them as do you want a free two week holiday <laughs> and when you get there they had they had a 12 hour filming schedule every day <laughs> and lines where they had to act with no knowledge whatsoever that they would have to deliver lines I thought they were staying on a beach yeah. and it was a concentration yeah. camp wasn't it yes ex- yeah, basically yeah, it was an old army prisoner war camp we can win this. Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the greatest and worst film ever made. Oh, no, I love it. I oh, absolutely yeah. love it. I remember talking to my dad going like this. There is Pele, our deal is. And I was like, who's John Ward, Dad? And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he's a good player. He's a good player, yeah. son. That's yeah, yeah there was loads of quality no, players in that, though. Like, like uh, Zm- I can never pronounce it. I can spell it, but can't pronounce it right. Zmuda, the, the great Polish player, one of the greatest of all times in it. So there are other little smatterings of lesser-known players who were genuine greats. Mm. And uh, you could not make that film these days. You just could not make that film these days without it being product placement and this player needs to look like this and he must score the goal because we can't have him not scoring because mm. Neymar needs to you would never be able to make that film again and yeah. it's a beautiful little piece of, of sporting history bad and good do you want one more story yes right Stallone had just um, he was huge at the time yeah just why well, I think you might be right about 78 can you look it up have you got it in your phone yeah go on so He's huge, and he's the star. Michael Caine's in it, but Stallone, got Stallone. I'll score the winner. 
Sly, you, you can't score the winner, you're the goalkeeper. <laughs> well, I'll just get the ball, I'll dribble out and I'll score. And even then, keepers weren't going up, you know, for the last. Yeah. Which would be a good way to finish it now. But he was like, well, no, I have to be the last scene. Which is why it finishes four all. Yeah. 81. 81. It's why it finishes four all and he saves a penalty at yeah. the end. So there's no victory and escape to victory. <laughs> so he had to be the last scene. So that's why it finishes with a penalty save rather than a winning goal. Rather than finishing with a penalty overhead kick, yeah. it finishes with a save from He's sliced low. As well, and if you notice, he saves it. The game isn't over. And he throws the ball down. Like, it just puts it back in play. <laughs> oh, stop me. Honestly, this will turn into Skip the Victory podcast. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, we've got a lot more to talk about, so you better you better bring it here. What's that? Just don't think of wrapping up. We've got loads of things, Spurs, what, we want to talk about. What, do you want to talk about Mrs. Soko? What's that all about? Well, how good he's playing. Yeah, what, what's going on? He's an absolute beast, isn't, isn't he? he? I think he's brilliant. I, I love mean, him. I think he, sh- he struggled very early on. I think it's a good lesson to a lot of footballers out there that it doesn't always work out in the first year or two. And you often see players that move about and it is because the managers have either made up a d- made their mind up on someone and gone, no, not for me. Or the players thought, I'm not hacking it here. I need a change. I need a, a, some, a, a new environment. Yeah. He's been unreal, hasn't he? He's been one of the, the main reasons why Spurs have kicked on. Yeah, He doesn't agree. It's not that I don't agree. So th- 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 I don't want to discredit Sissoko because don't get me wrong, he's been unbelievable mm. the last few months. But I genuinely think it's testament to how good Pochettino is in terms of we've had Dembele injured and then leave, who was such mm-hmm. a linchpin for us, like yeah. one of our most important players during the Pochettino era, era. Then Harry Winks comes in, brilliant player, looking like he's going to be the main man in midfield for us. He's got ankles that are made of what-sits or whatever. So he's had to do something different, Pochettino. And what he's done is change things so that we can manage Sissoko and get the best best qualities from him. So he's playing in a midfield three or in a diamond, and it just make, it just works. Wait, he can't pass the he can't pass the ball very well. No, no. But his running power is just it's unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so strong and powerful. I'd hate to play against him every week because so you, you didn't give him such a measured go. response last time. You said he was so shit. <laughs> yeah, <He was> so <laughs> fucking I, shit. I know get that. Get him out you, of my club. I, I think because he's like wearing a shirt and all. T- I don't even see him as wearing a shirt other days. No. I think he's worn it because Warnock's here. But when we were called, <laughs> you he just sits in his pants. <laughs> well, listen, you got a goalkeeper who is in Europe producing the type of performances you need to win the, the Champions League. You have to have those moments. Two or three players that are absolute class could walk into teams. You've got a few players that understand the importance of the club and its community. And then you've got a few players who the manager is getting the absolute best out of. Who in years and years from now, if you were to win this, people would say... He's got a European Cup winner's medal. That is an exact description of Liverpool's 2005 mm. Champions League winning team. I love yeah, that. that's so true. It's a very imperfect team, but just the, it's the just right football. elements coming to don't let people Don't let people cloud you with the fact that, that, that the most obvious thing to talk about in the world is the Champions League and Premier League. You could pull two people off the street and never watch football, and you can make them sound articulate talking about top level football very quickly. It's much more easier to understand than when we have to do the AFL and work out what's going on at Bolton or, or what's going on with Coventry or what's what what, what you know what's going on at at uh, at Notts County, how they can be where they are going into the last game. That's difficult. That that's that requires something. It's football. It's simple. And don't let people 
overcomplicate it for you. I think because <laughs> it's not. One... It really isn't. It's just because we have to fill so much cable news, so much twenty-four hour radio, so much ratings with the Premier League now that people have to over analyze the whole thing. That team has the has the right. In- the, the reason my team's doing well is it has the right ingredients for the right manager. Yeah. I think Sissoko, right? he's a piano carrier, isn't he? That's the way I look at him. Is like if he doesn't do the job he does, he doesn't. It allows yeah. other players to do what they he do. He carries it, yeah. and then Ericsson goes do 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 exactly. And you need that he as bangs well. The tune if out. you know your job within the team, that works. And yeah. I think he, he's understood his job within the team. I think sometimes when you leave Newcastle the way he left, he was the main man, and he expected to go to Tottenham and be the main man. And he was playing well for France at the time, and then suddenly to come into Tottenham and you get whacked down old peg or two, and you think. I'm not the main man here. What's really going on? Yeah. And it takes time to adjust. Now he understands it. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, I, I just absolutely love him because he's he's, he's gone on that journey. And I've, we've talked about it on this pod so many times, so we won't go over it again. But he, he is outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Um, which, do you want to talk a bit, a bit about uh, broadcasting, sports broadcasting? Don't mind, yeah. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned... Um, like having to cover, say, Coventry or Bolton or... Not having to, loving to. Loving to, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah, genuinely. Really? Yeah, I prefer it to this. Uh, Not as uh, in your podcast. No, no, no. no I prefer I'm... covering the EFL yeah. to the Champions League. Why is that? Because it's... While it is an amazing occasion and you get to see amazing grounds and anybody could sit and preview... Barcelona, Liverpool, a rudimentary knowledge of football yeah. can tell you exactly what is important in that game. It's the millionaires' playground, it's the superstars' playground. And that is fantastic to watch and what you'll see in the game. But the the fan bases have changed. You've already touched on it in terms of what is a local club now at the top level. I say it when, you know, even at the new Camp, I, the new Camp to me felt like 80% tourist. Yeah, like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. There was one little section behind the goal penned in to go, look, we're genuine. I yeah. was so disappointed. The, the only ground that hasn't been like yeah. that is Dortmund. Yeah. The only I ground that's been like Dortmund. You, you left me that night. Yeah, I did, I did. I banded you for someone else. But it, at Dortmund, they, they hear all sides of their ground singing when they were 4-0 down Niagara. It was beautiful. When they were singing a, like a last Christmas. Words to last Christmas. It was like when they realised the game was gone, they changed to a sad songbook. I've never seen anything like that. It was amazing. And it was genuine. And it was, they sang Amazing Grace. And I was literally choked up. When you're you're 4-0 up and I was choked up. But I haven't seen that. Juve have a little bit of that. There's a lot less corporate at Juve in that stadium, but there's less seats. But I was told PSG would be amazing. The away fans were. But when I went over there, it was as corporate as anywhere else I've ever been. But you, when you get into... We don't have a struggle. Listen, if Liverpool lose the league by 97 points and you get beat 4-0 in aggregate by Axe, we're all right. Yeah. We don't. We know where we're playing next. You've just yeah, had a, yeah. you know, a billion-pound stadium. Absolutely. Coventry don't have a stadium at the moment for next season, you know? Mm. That, you know, when you support a team that stay in the league exactly where they are in the bottom eight places for five seasons and you still go every week, you're going because of the community, you're going because of your family, you're going because of your friends, you're going because it's your team. Yeah. So when you get that moment, when you get like... It's so special, isn't it? Mm. It's so special when you get when you get the joy of covering a team who have been sent to the abyss, like Portsmouth, and you get to watch this season, you know? Or you get to see Sunderland fans happier in League One than they were in the, the Premier League and the Championship yeah. for many seasons. Yeah. It gives you a different perspective of what matters. We get some great stories, don't we, on the AFL? Yeah. Because I do it with Colin, you see. So when, you, when you're actually watching the games and they're coming in, we're just like, what is going on here? Yeah. Whereas the Premier League, in a way, is it's not predictable, 
But you know Liverpool and Man City were going to be the top yeah. two this year. That yeah, was, no one was thought just... Sheffield United were coming up. Yeah, exactly. No, no one thought Norwich would. You look at that English team. English players. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. English, no, uh, Scottish and Irish. You, you look at that team that Sheffield United have been promoted with and where he got them from yeah. and where they've been. And it is unbelievable. Yeah. But then that's not the overshadow Norwich. You were like 11th favourites going into the season. Pookie on a free transfer. Buendia for 1.5 million. People look down their noses when you read that they're only going to spend 20 million next. Why? Why should they go and spend 200 million to finish 12th? Yeah. What's the point? That's what, Norwich that's fans have just had an amazing season. Norwich fans are saying to me that's the greatest season as a Norwich fan ever. Yeah. I've seen them play Bayern Munich in Europe, yeah. but they're not saying that. So the, the perspective it gives you, and it doesn't mean I love my team less. It's just football's so much more than... There's more heartbreaking football than finishing in 97 points in second, Yeah, if that's how it turns out in the Premier League. I, I, I'm i not going to spend two weeks sulking and, you know, like kicking cats. It's <laughs> nah. not going anymore. I'm sorry, football's changed so much. That's not me being disillusioned. It's just, just no, that is what I see in front of me. Can we have a two-minute break? So I really need a wee. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> no. We, we can, you Why go, don't you go for a wee and we can carry on? You carry this on. This is what goes back to the very start of the podcast where he demanded to have top billing. <laughs> now he, he wants to stop the podcast for Just, us to continue. That's yeah. ridiculous. I, lo- I love it when when you, you're doing a podcast and um, someone gesticulates to you without saying anything. Yeah. Like he just said, I need to go for a wee. Yeah. But there's no, I, there's, I looked at him. Just say it. <laughs> I looked at him, he gesticulated, I looked, I just yeah. nodded. I didn't yeah. know what you're saying. Let's, let's, um, let's talk about him now, he's out of, out of the room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you want to grow this podcast going forward, get rid of him. You need to have an, an honest conversation with well, I just, him. I don't really <laughs> you just like need to have an honest conversation with don't you, you Neil? Neil <laughs> oh my god right I'm off right so, right, right so basically right once once <laughs> about once every three I'm actually, months I'm going I call him Neil because Neil <laughs> it does literally happen once every Why three months because it always makes me laugh what are you laughing at this is shocking yeah because it, uh, yeah, it reminds him of um, his, his dad and they don't get on you know because he never signed him so he's not that he way. did sign me well, he did, but he's not he? my dad <laughs> I can't believe you've just called me Neil I just do once in a while it's as simple yeah. as that as simple as that do you want to uh, so um, Spurs no don't come back looking at me Spurs then uh, do you know why there's Spurs fans in Northern Ireland from what I can tell yeah. Uh, Danny Blanchflower was massive for that. Like Northern Ireland legend, Spurs legend, mm. and 61 double win inside. That's and right. he was, a, I remember a picture when I was a kid. Um, someone was trying to persuade me to be a Spurs fan instead of a Liverpool fan. They didn't succeed. But it was a picture of Danny Blanchflower walking up the steps at, at White Hart Lane. And uh, this, this stunning, stunning photograph. I always remember that growing up and that sort of uh, that connection. And then outside that, you did have. Um, you did have Arcanada Armstrong as well, Jerry Armstrong. Yeah, for a while as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean um, Pat Jennings. Pat Jennings as well. Hands like shovels, apparently. He holds them up in every picture. Pat <laughs> yeah. Jennings. I've been lucky to meet him a lot of times with the old Northern Ireland thing. And uh, Pat Jennings in any picture holds his hands up. He puts his thumbs together. Yeah. And holds his hands up with his face peering through the middle. And he always says this. He always says this all the time. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'd say. Penny, tell me, saying to Pat, Pat, great night tonight, eh? Unbelievable. <laughs> Colin, we lost it. That was a good last minute goal against Belarus. Unbelievable, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before before we wrap up, um, just saying how amazing you are in this podcasting. Yeah, that's it. You done? Yeah. By the way, 
Very good. How was it? I, I, no, you, you can't come back on anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Colin, Colin's joke. Is that what yeah. decided? Yeah, Colin's coming on now. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, okay. Over, yeah. your play. Do you yeah. watch yeah. much YouTube? football? Fair enough. Me and Neil are... <laughs> I'm going to back you up there. He called me Neil, so... That's harsh. Very harsh. That is harsh. We'll have a fight when we get out of That terrible. Proper fight. Is he? Neil Warner. Didn't you play on him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was he like? He's a good character. He is. That's, uh, he's, a, I like him. he's Marmite. A lot of people. That's love a metaphor, though, him. isn't it? Character. No, no. Character. Do you know what? He is. A, he is a proper. He is a, a great guy. Real funny guy as well. Good humoured. Uh, can lose his shit in a change. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Uh, you want to you see him off though? So he absolutely is one of those red mist during mm. ninety minutes and a bit of adrenaline at the end of the game. Yeah. But I've talked him half an hour last season after the QPR game. He felt he should have won. And a decision went against him, yeah. and he's in the tunnel, and he, he's so different a human being. Once adrenaline mm-hmm. goes, and he's like, "Call, call." I just got it with that. I mean that, and I went, "You know what, Neil? I've seen it three times. He, he got it right." And he literally go, "Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, call. I value your opinion. He very, very like that away. Yeah. Once he's calmed down, he's you know much. Well, that's I, a lot of footballers. I like remember that, my right? first game at Leeds, and we were playing um, we were playing Man City in the FA Cup. And um, we got into the team meeting. He went, lads, I was going to show you a video on them. He said, but I don't think any of you want to go out on the pitch. He went, <laughs> he went these are brilliant. Like, the football they play. He says, you won't know what the hell's going on. He says, so just go out and enjoy yourself. And it was my first game. And I fell out of uh, sort of favourite Aston Villa. So I haven't played for a long time. And I was playing against like a good mate of mine, Milner. And so it was like a, a, a good battle. But Millie's like one of the fittest players ever. So I got to about 70 minutes and I had my me, me hands on my knees trying to catch some breath and he just went, hey, you all right? <laughs> so I went, yeah. And he went, it's better than playing in fucking Aston Villa's reserves, isn't it? <laughs> and I just then, what a guy. Yeah. So he's got great humour though. Real good fun. That's the weirdest one. He's really misrepresented, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, apparently he's great. I can't help but think about that awkward interview you did about Brexit and it was just horrendous to read. I didn't see that. Oh, no. Not good. I don't don't really want to hear any footballers viewing Brexit. No, exactly. (laughs) But but he was, yeah, spouting it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can I can I ask you a couple of things about broadcasting? Because th- what you were saying now about you missed um, that when you went to the toilet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought you probably covered it all, haven't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, it was really Tell good. me if I'm repeating stuff. Great questions, man. <laughs> no problem. No worries. I thought this, what you were saying about um, covering the EFL mm. was really interesting because I think the Premier League, um, the way it's covered on Sky and on Match of the Day, I think is becoming quite outdated. And I think the way um, football's being covered in other mediums is quite, should be the um, the flag bearer in the way it should change in the future. So. No offence meant here, Stephen, at all, but the idea of having like two ex-pros sat on the sofa, basically tri- like reading off cliches and platitudes, I think is quite an outmoded way of presenting football. Yeah. And what I like I'll about the coat. Don't mean to. I will. I will defend you. I will defend you in a second. I think what you do is different. Um, but. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Absolutely done you there. I've been called Neil, a second pundit who shouldn't be on the on the show. But what I'm trying to say is, you do a different job. (laughs) (laughs) You do it differently. Oh, so they do it well and I do it shy. No, no, no. no. What I'm trying to say is, um, I get where you're going. Right? I get where you're going. So I think the use of pundits is what's wrong. I think pundits have so much to offer, but the questions they are editorially given can only end one way. No, um, I couldn't disagree more. You, you, what you're saying is, 
all traffic wardens are bastards. That's what you're saying here. And you can't use that broad brushstroke. So the thing that it, it's the problem is that, that you cannot win. You cannot yeah. win. If you go on and give an honest opinion, you can't win. Because ultimately, as soon as again, especially the co-commentators, that's why they get so much abuse. Because that's when we're at our most irrational as fans. Yeah, yeah. We might be able to take it 20 minutes after the game. But I can watch any Liverpool game and hate the co-commentator. I always will. Even when they're right, I'll hate them because I've become irrational in that time. I personally don't like two things. I don't like the, the, the pundit who thinks if he, because of what Gary Neville's done on, on Sky, the, a lot of the pundits that have came after for me think if they talk slower, it's more intelligent. Mm. That does my That's absolute so head in. Yeah, yeah. That's my least favourite thing. But the same token, I hate the clickbait. I've just never been a clickbait. I hate it. I hate when it, um, I've got the radio on and the pundit go, and I'll never mention it. It's my business and I don't, and I, I am of the philosophy, be positive, let them leave the negatives. They don't deserve it. But I've listed some pundits that I'm like, they'll say like, that manager's getting sacked by nine o'clock tomorrow morning and a million people watch that clip. And the manager's there a month later, two months later. I'm like, and does anyone go back and show? There was recently someone who criticised United for giving Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the job, yet had said a month earlier, you got to give him the job. So that that's what does my head in more, is, is it consistent? It's okay to be wrong, but if you're going to have two polar opposite views of the same issue in two months, are you not going to come back and apologise? Then to me, that's, yeah. not a, yeah. a, that's not an opinion. Of Completely course you can get it wrong. So the, I, and I don't think there is so much... Upon, two, two more things. This is really important, and I'm not having an attack on you, but I say it from the other side. The, the, the least creative time I ever had in my job was doing match of day two. Because I sat in a room of pundits who watched the game and decided what they wanted to talk about. Do you think when someone says the pundit in television, who do you think was to blame today? And he goes, the left back. Do you think in between that question and the little VT running, they've made it? That's made before the question. Mm, mm. It's reverse engineered those programmes. That's why they're different. As a pundit on television for the match of day, I wouldn't question the pundits. And when it did, it did not go down well. If I said, well, you're attacking the left-back, but he cost £200,000 from Barnsley. That's why he wasn't in place. He had, he had to go up. He has to go up to take the corner. He's not, not back because he's lazy. He's not back because he didn't cost 20 million quid. That didn't go down well. So if, I, if, if my pundit wants to talk about something, my question has to get him into it. Mm -hmm. Then I get tweets going, why did you single... I didn't. They didn't make the fucking package. <laughs> at, but in the three seconds between my question and him talking about it. What? So you're a puppet in that way. The EFL, that again, we sit together. And it's great. The pundits we have, there, we'll, I'll, I'll ask him. I'll be inquisitive and he'll teach me. And, and Stephen will teach me, no, you're wrong there. And sometimes Stephen will go, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm only looking at that from a player's point of view. You're absolutely right, Colt. Let's do that instead. And that's invigorating. So, hold on, I'm not done. That's, <laughs> that's the two things, right? In terms of being prescriptive, I get it. And we all have our own things. But I cannot take a bunch of people thinking they're better and more expert because they stand outside a ground of a team who are in the top six, screaming, shouting and swearing and said they've had it with this team and they can't support them anymore. Really, yeah. go and support fucking Macclesfield for a week and come back to me. That enrages me. Mm. Yeah. So there's so many facets mm. to it. It's think, very, very hard to use that. As I say, all traffic warns are bastards is a sweeping statement. Yeah, yeah. I think the one thing you said um, there 
rings true and is kind of the point I was trying to make and I made really badly and I'm really sorry Stephen I didn't mean to mug you off what I was getting at was I think when you've got two ex-pros there they're ex-pros and they can give a really unique insight and I think what doesn't happen is they don't get the best out of them in terms of saying what would you have done in that situation Mm. or how would that what would the impact have been in the dressing room there what would have happened there and I think Stephen, you're really good at giving, and, and there are other pe- people as well. Carragher and Neville are great; they're both great. Pat Nevin, I think, is fantastic. Pat Nevin's a, is brilliant yeah. because they they say they give you insight that you wouldn't get from anyone else. I think and Lee, that's the whole Lee, point. Lee Dixon tactically being, is brilliant. yeah, yeah, he's, spot on he, as well. he, he's one of the few people I've ever worked with who live is saying the, the analysis, as in he's not putting it together to support his argument. He a goal goes in, and Lee Dixon can go. This is why it happened. Yeah, yeah. And he's also not afraid to say it just happened because it's football, and he was slightly better. Yeah. Um, he's really good as well. But I, you're bang on in terms of picking out Pat Nevin, and I put Lee Dixon right up there with him as well. I met Lee Dixon once. Yeah. Um, but so, you didn't like that. Well, <laughs> well, he's city, isn't he? Um, he was he's a he, rare example of a team that a player didn't yeah. swap. He's still a city fan. Yeah, but he's, yeah. Still Arsenal. No, he's definitely Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, but he t- he, 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 um, when Arsenal went above us, he tweeted mind the gap the, the other day, didn't he? Oh, I missed that. Pretty. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> I went went out for um, I went, went out to do some work in for, for the Euros 2016 uh, for for Ball Street, and my boss knows Ian Wright really well. Yeah. Anyway, so we were invited to this lunch dinner, Great. right, with Ian Wright, and I'm like, oh, that's fine. Ian Wright seems lovely. Yeah. Um, Which he is. Yeah. Uh, he he's a lovely guy. Anyway, I'll get there, and it's not just Ian Wright. There's Glenn Hoddle, uh, Lee Dixon, mm. and one other I can't remember. Ray Parler. It wasn't Ray Parler. I remember that for sure. Steve Bold. No. Tony it was, Adams. It was some presenter. Carl, <laughs> shut up. Mark Pugach. <laughs> Look at you, you're into it now, aren't you? You want to know this. No, because he was part of the Who ITD would be the program? Arsenal presenter? Who's an Arsenal? Is, uh, uh, don't worry about it, Carl. It might have just been Nemfrey. I don't know, oh, yeah. okay. but obviously I'm I'm sitting there and and I'm like suddenly been thrust from off on the street just getting on with my work to sitting at this dinner with Glenn Oddle, who's my dad. My dad never stopped talking about him. Yeah, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, well, you're gonna say something stupid, so don't say anything. So I just sat there on my hands the whole time, and then Lee Dixon was to to the right of me. I was like, well, I can't fucking not talk to yeah. Lee Dixon. I can't just be that weird geezer at the table who's yeah. not saying anything. So I turned around to Lee Dixon. I said, Do you like sharks? <laughs> Do you, Do you like, like sharks? No, that was your opening gambit. Because <laughs> I'd read somewhere that he surfs a lot, but wow. I hadn't set up the question. Wow. <laughs> and he went, you actually you, love sharks. You, yeah, he shot the bird there. I did, but... We but randomly, like, little did you know that in 2010, where I worked with him at the World Cup in South Africa, he went cage diving with sharks. Mate, I'm and not... all comes and, together. And this guy knows his sharks. I love your sharks. Your mic's broke. Is it? Yes? Sorry? No. Can you? No. Oh. Is it maybe, maybe that is that come out? What come out? No, it'd be the, it would be that would come out. His mic's gone. What oh, mic gone? Tap it. Oh well, we'll wrap it up now anyway. Here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just share this one. Let's share this one. Right, the Bee Gees. <laughs> couldn't figure why you couldn't give me what everybody needs. He doesn't know that one. It's like the Bee Hoos. Uh, gentlemen, I think that's the, the end of the Fighting Club podcast. What a shame. Uh, well, uh, really you... enjoyed it. Thanks have, for having have you? Yeah, because... Do you, you always say that? I can't believe we finished on the shark, sc- shark yeah. story. <laughs> the worst story ever. It's, it's only because not... not... Wendy's mic broke. Well, she just... talks so much shite into no. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it. Colin, the thing is, if you want to take over from me, what you have to do is... 
I do a youth update every week. So I, I do some research on the under 18s and under 23s. Yeah. Are, you, are you committed enough to do that every week? What, like the Luton under 8s just won the International <laughs> Cup against Juve 6 1? But you didn't know outside when we were talking. So you, ain't much, you ain't much of a youth reporter if you didn't know the biggest story of the year. <laughs> done, me, uh, done me again. <laughs> thank you so much, Colin. My pleasure. Neil. Uh, Good luck. <laughs> thanks for having me on. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Brilliant. Love yeah. it. Here, um, get yourself some clothes that fit you two and uh, <laughs> got to stand up for you, Stephen. Here, we got to give it back. And good luck against Ajax. I think it's a coin toss. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Because how many times you have dealt with injuries the whole way through this? Come on, Lucas Moura scored the important goal at the new camp. Yeah. Ian McCain was missing for almost all of the Man City. You've been missing these players before. Who cares? We're going through. You're not about that. That's not what your team is. Your team isn't that. Your yeah. team isn't taking off a superstar and replacing them with a superstar. You've already beaten the team to do that. Mm. You're nothing to fear. Yeah. If you lose, you've got the semi-final European Cup. Amazing. If you win, you're going to have... You Honestly, sometimes they took... Only add that... Well, t- t- I've been to two out of the three European Cup finals in my adult. But I'm talking about that 2005... Greatest week of my life. Greatest week of my life. And if we had a lost, it would still be right up there. If you get there, you're going to love it. Go for the week. Go to Madrid and just enjoy everything. And why not Spurs? We're right? doing a week in Amsterdam. Yeah, and you're not even playing them. You'd still have done a week in Amsterdam, judging by your eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I'm coming back. <laughs> Do you know what? It's exactly what we've done the whole way through the whole Dazone Canada coverage Can't on the road. We've literally Can't been going... Wait. When are, we, when are we going to the Ajax? <laughs> and, and do you know what the annoying thing is? We're only going for a day. I know, oh, mate. I know. Furious. Take some, book yeah. some leave. Just go out. Uh, yeah. Stay out. Well, obviously, when we're there, we'll do what everybody does now. We'll go to the Van Gogh Museum, yeah. uh, the Museum of Modern Art, Tulip Fields, and walk about the bridges for the first hour. I'm, I'm just going to go and eat loads of magic mushrooms. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Here. Do you, <laughs> do you, I, I've never got stoned with a footballer, so I'm looking forward to it, Stephen. Yeah, you're allowed now. <laughs> uh, no comment. I can't wait. The guy's never even taken an aspirin. Look at him. <laughs> choir, choir boy Neil over there has never even taken an aspirin. Yeah, we'll how, see. How, how, just, just before we end, how, how often do you like, like drug testing in, in, in football? Is it a common thing? It depends. And I'll be dead honest, it depends on age as well. So the older I got, the yeah. more I got tested because really? they were like, how are you still playing and how are you getting through that's games and things like that? Gary McAllister, one year when I was at Liverpool, so the year he joined, he was 36, 37. He got drug tested about seven times in the season. It was wow. ridiculous. And it, they just and turn they, up at your door? And they, no, no, it's in, it's, well, it can be at the door, but it can be into the training ground. And yeah. they say it's random. Now, how Gary McAllister's name came out seven times that season is yeah. beyond me. Yeah. It's Gary Mack, he's Gary Mack, he's Gary, Gary Mack, he's got no hair, we don't care. <laughs> Gary, Gary Mack. Once cried on Gary Mack's shoulder, story for another podcast. <laughs> Let's finish though with this. Which is, Stephen just told me this is an incidental in the car the other week. And uh, it's an amazing, like, oh my God, I can't believe it happened to you in your career. He played most of his career with a health issue that he didn't know about, an intolerance, mm. right? So he was he was getting tired and knackered after games and migraines and was it milk? Yeah, I've got an intolerance to dairy. Right, and he yeah. it was an era where still it's only recently people know all these things. 
So you were you literally Gareth Bale. No, I could have been. I could have been. You might have. I could have been. He was more Christian Bale. But <laughs> <laughs> it was true though. When it, once you got off that yeah, towards yeah. the last couple of years of your career, it was the difference was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I used to cramp up about. 50 60 minutes in every game and managers used Crazy. to think I was like so unfit and I wasn't looking after myself. Yeah. And it wasn't it was all just down to me diet. So Crazy. I could have been a good player. Yeah. <laughs> you are, don't you I won't have you say that. How dare you. Yeah. You don't even know my name. Mm. <laughs> Thank you very much gentlemen. Thank you. Cheers for having us on. Thanks uh, for an absolute us. pleasure. Thanks so much for coming down. Good luck. Thank you mate and uh, we'll see you in the final. Yeah. Well, yeah, it we would will. be a wonderful occasion I think. I think yeah. I'd rather play Spurs in the final. Fans don't be dicks. Do you know what I mean? Just go and have a right party. It'd be yeah. brilliant. I'd rather. I'd rather that. I think. I'd, I think. Um, yeah. I think it would be good in terms of the Premier League clubs. I think if Pochettino, and with what he's done, mm. if he was to win the European Cup, I would slap it up a lot of people who were like, "You've spent three million. I, I know this won't go <laughs> down spent too well. Three million pound in a left back. You can't, you can't take yourself seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I know this won't go down too well, but I want it to be all English in both finals. I know. Be mental that would. I, I just think for English football. For the dominance that Spain have had over the years, this yeah. would be unbelievable. Yeah. Spot the Brexit here in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's new Warnock. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, cheers, boys. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in Central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.